On the season finale of Tattletale, our guest is Olivia Britz-Wheat. Olivia talks about how she knew she wanted to be a tattoo artist at an early age and how she eventually landed in Portland. We talk about what it's like to laser off a tattoo as well as the intricacies of a palm tattoo. Olivia also talks about the varying pain degrees of a stick and poke, a gushing prince tattoo, and many other tattoo tales. Now tap me about it. Our next guest on Tattletale is Olivia Britz-Wheat. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. This one's a special episode because this is going to be the last episode of the season. So this will be the 10th episode. And you're also the first professional tattoo artist on the show. So I'm super stoked. Please tell the audience a little about Olivia. Um, Well, I work at Scapegoat Tattoo in Portland, Oregon. I've been there for um, a little over a year and I've been tattooing professionally for almost, I think this is my 13th year. Oh, wow. Um, 12 of it has been in Portland. Where was the first year? First year was in Missoula, Montana. I apprenticed at a shop called American Made and apprenticed and worked for about a year before I moved out to Portland and it was like late 2007 that I landed here. Okay, so you were in the shop for a full year and then you moved to Portland. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I had to go to tattoo school to get my license because I didn't have enough years of tax documentation to qualify for reciprocity and reciprocity requires a license to transfer also and I didn't have a license from Montana because it depends on the state. Some states require it, some states don't. I believe there was like a yearly test that people had to take in Montana to get a certification of some sort, but it wasn't like a health department license or maybe it was, but I didn't, I wasn't there long enough after my apprenticeship to have to take it. So, Uh, so tell me about pre tattooing. What were you doing before that? Um, well, I've always done art. Um, my mom is an artist. My dad went to art school and, um, I, all three of my sisters and I are, well, two other sisters, three all together. Um, we have all been like very creative and I think there was something about tattooing though that drew me from a super early age to like the mystique of it. Like it was just, it was always just so cool and it was like tough people got tattoos and I think I just, I loved art so much and I loved the idea of art living on a body. Mm-hmm. And back then where it was like pre-internet, it was really hard to find any information on it. It was like I could get like a book here and there or Tattoo Flash magazine at the 7-Eleven and that was pretty much all I had access to. Yeah. And so I always kind of like emulated tattoo style, especially when I went to college and I was a printmaking major. And I, I think I was really drawn to printmaking because it was it's very process based and the drawing is only one small part of it. So when your drawing's done, that's basically your your square one and then you have to actually do all the process and do all the work and you don't know how it's gonna turn out until the very end. And um, yeah, very parallel to tattooing. Yeah. So yeah, so you you feel like you may have been drawn to it and thought that you might be an artist at an early age. Would you say or yeah, I think um, well, I have 
a flash sheet that my mom framed and gave to me for Christmas a few years ago that I made when I was in middle school mm-hmm. uh, that I didn't remember existed. I remember making it, but I didn't think I saved it. And I would draw on my classmates after class and stuff. Oh. And so I made a flash sheet using all my like rainbow gel pen colors yeah. and um, and would like draw on the boys before their basketball games <laughs> with like Superman <laughs> logos and barbed wire armbands and stuff. <laughs> and, um, and so when she gave me that a few years ago for Christmas, I was like, wow, I think it was just always meant to be. Yeah, flashback. Yeah. Tell me about your first just general memory of tattoo, like maybe one that you saw at an early age or that's kind of a hard one because I didn't have any family members who were tattooed um, growing up it wasn't something that I was like close with people who were tattooed or that my parents or their friends were tattooed Um, so I think it really like I was always really drawn to it but I think it was like in high school when we had uh, a veteran tattoo artist in our little tiny town in Carbondale, Colorado, where I grew up. And her name was Calamity Jane. And she had been tattooing since the 70s and had her own shop. And, you know, so we would always pass it. It was like on my way home from school every day. And it was called Tomboy Tattoos. And then she changed locations a couple times. And then back... And then when I was in high school, by that time, she had moved back into Carbondale. And so... um my one of my friends, uh, Michael Emerson, had me draw his whole last name like super big, like tree roots. And he had gotten his parents to sign a permission slip since he was 16. Oh, and wow. they signed off on it. And uh, we both went to the tattoo shop and Calamity Jane spent all day tattooing him. We hung out there forever. And That's it was so the cool. greatest thing in the world. I just thought it was incredible. <laughs> And she would always come into the coffee shop I worked at. And I didn't know it at the time, but she had both sides of her neck were done by Ed Hardy. Oh, wow. But I always just remember, you know, like taking her coffee order and just like looking at her incredible, colorful, beautiful neck tattoos. I think she had a, a dragon on one side and a tiger on the other. And then when I got tattooed by her later after I'd actually become a tattooer, mm-hmm. Then um, she showed me her both her arms were by Ed Hardy, or at least one of them, and her back was done by Ed as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she has a a big uh, piece on her thigh that she had the original like film photo at her station, and I remember seeing it in magazines like ever since I first started looking at them. And it's I can't remember who the actress is. It's a pretty iconic old tattoo, mm-hmm. and it's a before and after of this actress like in the. 20s 30s or 40s and then there's like a photo torn in half and then it was like her you know like kind of smoking a cigarette and like all disheveled and stuff later so it was like those two halves of an image but huge on her thigh so cool um yeah she was a really super cool lady and i think that was a a huge influence for me growing up was she the first one to tattoo you or no um i actually uh i didn't get tattooed by her until i had been tattooing for probably three or four years uh but my first tattoos were done by um a guy named tattoo mike at iron horse tattoo in hurley wisconsin Mm -hmm. um and we went for a family reunion with my family one summer and I had just turned 18 and my sister and I were talking about getting matching tattoos and we got there and my mom was like if you guys want to do it here I know a guy 
<laughs> and it was just like some dude that she knew from living there. And uh, so, yeah, he did our tattoos. And even at that time, I remember telling him that I wanted to be a tattooer. And oh, he was wow. like, well, I'm thinking of retiring soon, so I can sell you my shop and teach you oh. how to tattoo. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I don't want to live here, dude. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. What? And what'd you guys end up getting? Um, we got these kind of like funny new school looking swallow birds, um, like on either side of our hip bones. Yeah, I drew them. <laughs> awesome. So they're kind of like bubbly and funny. But. And that was your first tattoo ever? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. And, you know, sometimes when people get their first tattoos, they're kind of get an itch pretty quickly afterwards mm -hmm. to get another one. Did you get an itch to get another one or? Yeah, but at that time, I never really thought I would have a lot of tattoos. I was like, well, maybe I'll get like one big one and yeah. have like a couple small ones. And so, you know, the, the next tattoo I got after that was a little tiny four-leaf clover on my butt cheek with a bunch of <laughs> high school girl friends <laughs> at, like right when we were, um, right when we were graduating. Mm -hmm. And, um, or I think it was before we all went off to college. And, uh, you know, that was just like little tiny, little tiny yeah. fun yeah. guy. <laughs> and um, then it wasn't until I moved up to Missoula, Montana, that I had gotten more tattoos. Mm -hmm. And yeah, kind of, you know, when you're in college, you're not making a lot of money. They're not really on the table all the time. Yeah. So there were like a lot of gaps in between. Okay. Until I moved to Portland. So the majority of your tattoos are in Montana and No, they're Portland. here. Oh, mostly I, here in Portland. I mean, I do have a, a few tattoos from Montana, but um, like uh, one of my mentors, Jed, um, did my chest piece while I was apprenticing. Mm -hmm. And then my other mentor, Phil, uh, did my back piece like right when I was moving to Portland. Okay. And so, you know, those two pieces are pretty large, pretty yeah. prominent, like, you know, very... Um, formative tattoos for me okay so we go swap new school swallow mm -hmm. and then uh the clover right uh -huh. and then what was like the next like what was the big piece do you would you say like probably my chest piece okay yeah and that one is you know it's big it's got like script across the f center and then it's got like double pistols and some roses and mm -hmm. uh when i first started getting tattooed i was kind of a control freak and i wanted to draw everything and and so a lot of my first tattoos are based on my art, which, you know, as I'm older now, I love to give the control to the other person yeah. who's tattooing me because I look at my own art every single day and I would much rather, you know, let someone else have fun with it. And I'm never disappointed. I always trust who I'm going to get tattooed by. And you know, I've even like lasered off one of the ones that I had oh. drawn just because it was something that you know, I kind of want a bigger piece in that spot. Mm -hmm. And like, I drew it. I don't really need to look at it anymore. It's fine. What <laughs> so, was that experience like lasering the tattoo? Laser is interesting. It's difficult because it varies from person to person. It varies from the tattoo. So like old black tattoos are really easy to laser. Um, the older it is, the better it'll come out. Color tattoos can be kind of difficult because certain inks react with certain light spectrums and so not every laser can take out red for example um, some of them will take out other colors no problem and then you'll have to either go to a different laser to isolate certain colors and and get those and i think that there are some lasers now that do every color spectrum they're probably very very expensive so maybe not every clinic has mm -hmm. them i think for my tattoo it was it came out really easy i only had 
about four sessions and it's not completely gone but it's light enough that i could put another tattoo mm -hmm. over it and you probably wouldn't even be able to tell that it was a cover-up mm -hmm. so i tell people because sometimes people come into the shop and what they want covered up is almost so dark or so big that even if they get one laser session it'll lighten up considerably and they'll have a lot more options with what they can put over it mm -hmm. so i do believe in it i do think it really works and is awesome um and we have a number of great laser clinics in town i've been to ready medi myself and then i hear nothing but good things about untattoo parlor also and i've sent a lot of clients there too and so kind of just depends on like if you want it to be completely gone or if you want to just lighten it to cover it mm -hmm. and I, don't, I think it's a really great asset like it works it's it's just very painful <laughs> that's what i was gonna ask yeah, yeah. is it so the rumors are true it's yeah pretty painful it's intense i mean i basically what's happening is the laser is going in and it is changing your the pigment in your skin from a liquid to a solid because it's crystallizing it with the laser mm -hmm. and then your body then processes it through your system and you basically pee it out okay so while that laser is hitting and causing that reaction it feels like i mean it kind of just feels like somebody snapping a rubber band on your yeah. skin but a hot rubber band yeah. and my personal experience i didn't actually do any like numbing cream or anesthetic or anything because i figured that the tattoo itself didn't really hurt in that spot so how bad could it be yeah. <laughs> and like it's fast so you're only getting lasered for a fraction of the time you're getting yeah. tattooed every session on my tattoo that was about as big as a grapefruit was five minutes or less oh, okay but it takes it out of you. And I yeah. felt like I got tattooed for three hours. Oh. I was just like that tired afterwards. Oh, um, I do know that um, like certain, you might be able to call ahead to a laser clinic and see if they offer numbing creams. Or um, I know that Untattoo Parlor does lidocaine shots because um, they have a different medical license. So mm -hmm. not every place can offer that kind of thing. But also they have a more powerful laser. So you probably would really want it yeah. if you were going to go with that. But it just kind of depends on people's budgets. It depends on their time frames. Um, sure. I had no rush, so I wasn't really concerned with trying to like blast it out in one session. Yeah. Now to go back on your chest piece that Jed, right? Mm -hmm. had done. Was that when you were getting into tattooing or not quite yet? Yeah. So that was when I was apprenticing and, um, you know, I wanted a big badass tattoo and Jed did beautiful tattoos. Um, he passed away a few years ago. So this tattoo is very, very special to me, mm -hmm. but you know, he gave me some really good advice. He was not even 30. I think he was maybe 29 at the time that he was apprenticing me with, with Phil. And, um, he, told me that he he was like I'll do this one big tattoo on you but that's it I'm not giving you more tattoos and his reasoning was because he was like I'm not even 30 I have no space left all my good real estate I got when I was really young and now I hate it like he was bummed on his like cherry creek sleeves that he got when like in the 90s when he was 17 or 18 and I mean, I think a lot of that trend wise is super cool now. But, you know, at the time he was just like, oh, I wish I could get like big, sick, traditional. But he already had like both his sleeves, his back, most of his front done. And he was so bummed. He was like, I'm not going to do what I'm not going to do that to you, yeah. basically. And I really appreciate that he did that because it actually allowed me to collect bigger tattoos when I was a little bit older and I had 
better taste and you know just like more money to invest in it yeah and i'm almost out of room now but you know for the most part i like all my tattoos and i I feel like i do have him to thank for that like telling me like slow your roll don't get covered right away so with that piece though did he just have full creative control over what was what you got or i mean i gave him a drawing and was like i want this and then he (laughs) made it better (laughs) so yeah so tell me the story behind that then did you just feel like it was just something cool or was there any meaning to it well the text says be just and fear not and i think that was kind of like i don't know when you're young and you just want to have some sort of moral code or something like that i kind of feel like that's what drew me to it i know it's a king lear reference it's also in uh rocky horror picture show (laughs) i think um i think the the guns and the roses were just like a stylistic thing Mm -hmm. that i really liked and so yeah and it's it was kind of you know very large bold tattoo for me to get at that age but it also was kind of like showed my family that was like this "This is happening this is is what i look like you're gonna have to deal with it (laughs) that's awesome so you said you have a large chest piece and then a large back piece, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Can you tell me about the back piece? Yeah, so the back piece um, Phil Robertson did for me about the time that I was leaving Missoula. And then when I would come back to do guest spots, um, I would keep working on it. And it's a big Virgin Mary, like Mary of Guadalupe mm-hmm. or, or Virgin of Guadalupe. And um, it's in black and gray. And yeah, I mean, it's... Just a rad back yeah, piece. Yeah, it's just... It's, held up really great it's really bold yeah i really love it and it goes your whole entire back pretty much i mean it's like it starts like probably a quarter of the way down so i do like my last big space that i have left on my body is like above that kind of like on my upper back Mm -hmm. um and where that piece that i got lasered off was and we actually put it there because the piece that i got lasered off was already there and so we had Uh to move it down in order to fit it (laughs) but now i get this nice piece finally to like get another big tattoo probably my last one and how do you go about the process of choosing a a tattoo artist in this case i guess i mean there are so many people that i want to get tattooed by and i think i've kind of stopped like saving certain areas for certain people Mm -hmm. um I've, i've tried to allow it to evolve more naturally um and i had several people that I kind of would go through phases of being like, this is who I want to have do it. This is who I want to have do it. And like, as I meet more people and learn more about tattooing, my taste changes and my, you know, I make more friends and it's just cool to like sit down with somebody that you really want to like watch how they work and spend time with them. And I think that's like so much of my tattoo career I've learned through getting tattooed that I think is like, if you're a tattooer and you don't have any tattoos, like how can you possibly know what your clients are going through? How can you possibly, you know, if you're not willing to wear what you do to people, like it just kind of feels false and feels empty. And so there's so much that that connection of being tattooed by another tattooer brings to like Mm -hmm. my career that like my body is essentially like dedicated to my job because of that. You were saying that you have your kind of upper back available 
But are there any places that you would never want really a tattoo? Like, for example, like your throat or something like that? Or That's a good question. That's always kind of evolving, too. Okay. I don't think, and I never want to say never, because once space becomes more and more sparse, I'm probably going to go into some places that I never thought I'd tattoo, like my armpits or just some weird spot like that where it's like, well... Yeah. I mean, I want to get something yeah. and this is open. So, <laughs> do you have the bottoms of your feet tattooed? No, I don't. Um, that I'm not sure. I have one palm done, mm-hmm. and this is my most painful tattoo on my whole body. Okay, I was going to ask about that eventually, but <laughs> the, the most painful one was on your palm. Yes. Tell me about the. Uh, so, it looks like a rose, right? Yes, yeah, so I've got a rose, and then I have uh, the word love across my lower knuckles. Mm-hmm. And this was done by my friend Danny Boy Smith at Let It Bleed Tattoo in San Francisco in the Tenderloin. And um, Danny put it in. Perfect. It looks awesome. I've had it for seven or eight years Mm -hmm. at least the center rose i've had that long and then the other stuff i got like a year or two later Mm -hmm. but yeah it held great but in order to get it to heal intact and to get the ink in there it's a definitely a different technique and a different process and it's not the same skin as everywhere else on your body so if you were to just tattoo it like everywhere else it's not gonna function the same way the skin is super thick and so the ink will just fall right out yeah so it's more intense because of the technique you have to use but also it's like a super highway of nerves to your brain it's so sensitive you can feel a hair on your hand so you can almost feel it before the needle even touches you and your hand just wants to curl up like a dead spider and so you have to hold your own (laughs) fingers down and try not to move and like as soon as it happens the very first line every pore in your body opens up and you start to sweat (laughs) it's not for the faint of heart i would not recommend a palm tattoo for the casual tattoo enthusiast (laughs) how long did that take very fast you have to do it really fast or it swells up and it's very hard to keep tattooing if it's like so inflamed so um i did the rows at one time and the letters at another time and Mm. each was like 10 minutes or less like you have to get in and get out oh my gosh so how did you settle on the rows um i just wanted something really classic that i that wasn't like too i wanted something positive something that was just something i wouldn't get sick of or that I mean, it's even though it's on my palm, I feel like it's not really my most noticeable tattoo. I think there's something about, like, especially on my left hand, maybe that, um, yeah, when I got it, I was surprised that it wasn't really something that people really noticed. Mm-hmm. But another thing is that it takes a while to heal and it doesn't heal like the other places on your body. Mine was so itchy that it was maddening it was like the only time i would get relief is if i had like an ice cold can of soda in yeah. my hand on it. <laughs> so can you not use your hand as much you really shouldn't because it just gets so irritated and i think it's prone i mean obviously your hands are prone to infection they touch everything and yeah. so you know i couldn't wash my hair with this hand i couldn't touch my animals i couldn't you know everything has to be real i just like tried not to touch anything yeah and it was about a full week before it wasn't red and swollen and painful anymore and then it's about a full week of like thick crusty scabs yeah because even it's it's just a different 
skin and so it all rises to the top and Mm. flakes off instead of like a normal tattoo where it just tightens up like a sunburn and peels Mm -hmm. this like everything grows back and regenerates and the skin is so thick that they feel 3d and i was convinced they were infected and (laughs) my second time like that when i did the letters later on i was noiting out and saying to craig i think it's infected it's so red it's so itchy they're so raised they feel 3d there's something wrong and he was like no this is exactly how it was last time i remember (laughs) you saying this and if he wasn't there to calm me down i would have like freaked out spun myself out yeah (laughs) (laughs) do you just wanted to feel like what it was like or what kind of inspired the palm tattoo i mean i just i really love the idea of a palm tattoo i think it's a very powerful spot i also i think there's a there's something in the illustrated man the uh ray bradbury novel and then the movie where either he has a rose in his palm or somebody in the i think it's him but yeah and i think that there's I, that may have been some of the reason it's been so long since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also wanted to learn how to do it myself. And, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously the best way to learn how to do something is to ask the person who does it and pay for their time. And so I wanted to get the tattoo to see him mm-hmm. do it. So yeah. so we'll work our way up then. Do you have, it looks like you have a heart on your finger, right? Yeah. Tell me me about that. So um, this little heart I did on myself is only one of two tattoos that I've ever done on myself. And it was, I was in San Francisco for an art show, probably 2010, uh, maybe 2011. It was right before I started working for Miss Mickey at Fortune Tattoo. And I had been invited by my friend Darren Howard to be in this art show that was at the Pretty Pretty Collective, which is a hair salon, also an art gallery. And um, it was such an incredible roster of people that Craig and I decided to go down for the opening. And I got to meet so many incredible people. And um, it was such a cool trip. And uh, we were staying with our friend Hunter Buck, and who was living in Oakland at the time, going to school there. And you know, they were all like, well, let's get matching tattoos. And I had brought my tattoo stuff so like we could do buddy tattoos. And I had tattooed Darren on that trip as well. And um, I tattooed Craig and he got a little bear trap on his shin. That was like what Craig and his brother, Krister and Hunter all decided that they wanted to get tattooed. And then it was pretty late at night and I had everything set up and I was ready for Krister. And then he just, the last minute just decided he didn't want to get tattooed. (laughs) So I was like, well, I have everything set up. I'm not going to waste it. So I just, I drew a little hard on myself and just did it real quick. (laughs) It's like there now it's officially, I can throw everything away. And what's kind of fun is that it's a tiny little tattoo Mm -hmm. on your middle finger Mm -hmm. and I mean, it has such a rich story, just something so small. <laughs> yeah. So it's something that I'm sure you don't probably don't think about that story every time you see it. But, you know, I'm sure it I'm sure that story does pop up in your mind every yeah. once in a while. And it's also a good example that I show my clients when I show them finger tattoos, because I caution a lot of people against getting finger tattoos, mm-hmm. especially if they're not heavily tattooed. And that's something that it's probably the, the thing I turn people away for the most. Oh, okay. Um, I don't tattoo people's hands or their faces or their necks if they're not heavily tattooed yeah it's just like how i was brought up not every artist feels that way but you know and and of course i've done like exceptions kind of based on like if i know the person or you know if they're old if they're older and you know they obviously they're their own person you know but if it's a pretty young person and they just starting out their career it's just 
you know, we live in a bubble and not every city is like Portland yeah. and you won't always be able to go through society mm-hmm. without getting judged, you totally. know? So, um, and also finger tattoos heal pretty weird sometimes. They're inconsistent and depending on your skin, depending on how it heals, depending on how it was put in, depending on whether it's on the palm side, which is very thick, mm-hmm. or on the side, which is also very thick. If it's over a knuckle, it will just blow right out. If it's on the fingers itself, it's just very hard to predict. And so it's not really something like if somebody doesn't have a lot of tattoos and they don't understand that about tattoos, that they're put on by a human being and we're not a copy machine and there are variations and, you know, and then you just have like this one tattoo that looks kind of blurry and funny. Yeah. And if you have a ton of tattoos, it doesn't really matter. Like you kind of already expect some of that. Totally. It's the only one. And I think people like fixate on it and it's just not what they want. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to answer this question, but what is the worst tattoo idea someone's come to you with? There have been a couple. There have been like, there was one that generally if I have to turn somebody away, I, I don't like it. I don't like turning people away. And yeah. I was always taught like to try to tattoo everybody and to try to make it work. And like, sometimes you make art and sometimes you make money and you make people happy. Mm-hmm. But there was one guy who wanted like so many phrases and words but all done in color and all in a spiral uh several spirals on Mm -hmm. his arm and we had like three or four consultations and i was trying to make it work and i was like it just I just don't think this is a good idea. And he even went to another shop and still, you know, they were like, no, I don't think that's going to work. And he's like, I just want you to do it anyway. I don't care if you don't like it. And they were like, no, sorry. (laughs) We're not going to put our name on that. And that was, it was really difficult telling somebody that, especially when we had tried. And every time that I had like a composition breakthrough where I was like, Ooh, this can work. If we do it this way, it was just not what they wanted. And so if a person isn't willing to compromise or at least take your advice or, you know, if you tell them all the reasons why something's not going to work and they still want to get it, it's just really hard to, at this point in my life. And even when this happened, to want to send somebody out the door with a tattoo like that, because they're going to tell everyone that asks them where they got it. And you're either going to invite more of that stuff into your life by people who are like, Ooh, I want a spiral word, (laughs) crazy puzzle thing all in color. (laughs) Or it would just be so stressful actually doing the tattoo that no amount of money is worth that. Totally. And then it may not even heal well. Well, on that note though, I guess what I was trying to get at was like snake pit bad. You know what I mean? Like, have you had any, someone come up with ideas that were like snake pit bad? You're like, oh, I don't, there's snake pit good. I'm not, I know, I, I love there's, snake there's pit. There's some good <laughs> snake pit, then there's bad snake pit. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I've been really fortunate and um, I've, I've, I feel like I've only been really asked to do snake pit good okay. um, because <laughs> sometimes, you know, I'm just better about saying no now where if somebody shows me something that is like maybe like based on a, terrible tattoo or they literally tell me i want it shittier can you make it look shittier (laughs) um to me like sometimes there's joy in that and i I don't know like i 
I have made it on Snake Pit once, which is very cool. Oh, really? It was my friend Kevin who owns the heavy metal shop in Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. which is an amazing place. It's been open since 1987. He had gotten a tattoo for his son, and it was something that his son had drawn when he was a little kid on like MS Paint or something, and it was Gigi Allen. <laughs> and it, so oh, it was no like way. insane. It was very hard to turn it into a tattoo because you can imagine just like flat colors, pixelated. Yeah. <laughs> Just this cartoon Gigi Allen, just naked, covered in like poop and blood (laughs) and peeing and like all of his stupid little tattoos. And so I got to do that on Kevin, which was, you know, very fun, amazing time at the Salt Lake Convention. And then Snake Pit picked it up. And that's definitely Snake Pit good. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So cool. I, yeah, I remember uh, seeing Jesse's horse. Yes, the unicorn, oh full body, that, incredible. The, yeah, I mean, it was covered. That was very impressive. So incredible. And I talked to her about it because I was like, tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> Such an incredible piece. And that, you know, from the front, just the photo, it looks like he doesn't have any other tattoos. And yeah. so you're like, is that the first one? But it's not. He has okay. other tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been tattooed by Jesse several times. And um, I worked for her for a little bit when she first bought Lombard Street. And we've been good friends ever since. And was just like so thrilled that she got to tattoo something like that. So I was cool. like, I'm so happy for you. That was probably <laughs> so incredible. Okay. So let's work our way up. Um, it looks like you have the top, the back of your hands yeah. tattooed. Tell me about those. Um, so the first... First, my left hand is um, a kind of like a snake coming out of a portal. Both my hands are done by Jason Kendall, who owns Artwork Rebels in downtown Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, and on my left side, I had some open spaces, and he actually utilized like all the weird open spots on my arm oh, and yeah. created this snake that starts on the hand with the head, and then it comes through all these portals on the different spots oh, of my arm awesome. and uh, ends on the elbow. And it's so cool and was such a rad experience. And then last year, uh, I think it was last April, I got the hawk head on the other side to be the snake companion. And um, Jason did an amazing job and they look really great together and both healed perfect. So... So the concept behind the snake portal, is it, was it more like space fillers or? Yeah, I mean, I, I also, I kind of thought that we were just going to do like the hand up to like mid forearm. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of our consult, I told him, you know, yeah, eventually I'll do something with this weird like negative armband strip I have right here. Yeah. And he was like, mm, let me see your arm again. And he made another tracing and managed to incorporate all of it together so so i love that i love that like it kind of looks like different tattoos but then when you look at it more you see all the like yeah all the color coordination and the rest of the snake and yeah super cool okay so okay we'll stay on the left arm here um i see there's like a portrait right i have um yes it's a it's a hall and oats and a pinup like a kind of like a uh gil elvgren (laughs) pinup And then it says Maneater at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) And um, that was done by my friend Maddie Hayes. And uh, this, I just really love Hall & Oates. And I just let him, I was like, I want a Hall & Oates tattoo and have fun making it. And that's what he came up with. That's so awesome. Have you seen Hall & Oates? Yes, I have. How many times have you seen Hall & Oates? Just, well, I've seen Hall & Oates together once. And then I've seen John Oates solo once. Okay. And I got to take a photo with him and show him my (laughs) tattoo. And he was like so thrilled. And apparently like 
me and the guy from gym class heroes are like the only people he knows with <laughs> tattoos and um he was so great though he was like i hope i didn't disappoint you <laughs> he was fantastic that's so um, awesome and then uh yeah our friends jd and erica took us to go see hall and oats like two summers ago at the moda center on their yeah. last tour and yeah. they were amazing so they're coming back perfect. actually i think they're gonna be here this summer well they were amazing live and i would highly recommend it it was incredible yeah and they even had like their saxophone player like from the 80s from all the videos and everything he's still touring with them i don't know his name but craig and i call him sax god because he's just the best he's the ultimate you have um more you have a looks like a horseshoe right i've got a horseshoe i've got a stay gold mm -hmm. um it's kind of based on like the outsiders i just love the outsiders movie mm -hmm. and my friend damon burns from billings montana did this on me and uh above that i have this little chain link and dice mm -hmm. uh that jesse preston did on me and it's uh i was like well which number should i have on the yeah. dice and i was like thinking about it and overthinking it and i normally play the game threes which is five dice but there wasn't really enough room for five dice. So we just did three dice. And then I did one, two, three, which is the losing roll for CeeLo. Mm -hmm. You know, win every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have this little tiny snail that mm -hmm. my friend Bryn did for me. Yeah. That is just the tiniest little, <laughs> little treat right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that, these are just kind of, kind of just ideas that you just kind of come up with or yeah, fillers. Or, or you just like chat with your friends about like, like I knew I wanted to get tattooed by Jesse and I knew I wanted to fill the space in, but I was like, ah, what should we do? And so sometimes we brainstorm when you work with people and you get to like spend time with each other and do, I don't know, brainstorm stupid things and then decide it's cool enough that you actually want to tattoo it mm -hmm. on each other. Um, sometimes that happens, but I find that I actually like, I don't get tattooed that much by the people I work with because we're all working so much. We're so busy. So it's yeah. not like we're not just like sitting around tattooing each other. Yeah. We have to like make appointments and do all of yeah, that. Totally. So. Up on your upper arm. Um, my upper left arm I got done by Ryan Mason when I first moved to Portland. Mm -hmm. I was working at Raven Inc. at the time. Um, and that was where I was able to go to tattoo school and get my license. And I was actually really lucky because it wasn't like a real like school situation it was just a tattoo shop and he only took one apprentice at a time and i wasn't technically since i had already been tattooing i was just there to like show them how competent i was and if i needed any more training in anything they would do that and then i was able to start taking walk-ins and you know just essentially having like two short apprenticeships made me like a better tattooer than if i would have just had one so yeah. i i am grateful for that and uh and then i just as soon as I got my license, I got hired on there full time. And so I worked there for about two and a half years before I moved to Fortune Tattoo. Mm -hmm. And so Ryan Mason is the reason why I went to Raven Inc. to be able to get my license because I stopped into the shop to meet him when I first moved to Portland because mm -hmm. I loved his work. And so I was like, I got to make it to Scapegoat Tattoo. And he was like, so has anyone told you about the licensing here? Like, you know, you're moving here. Has anyone said anything? And I told him I had no idea. Like I was like, no, I I don't know. And he was like, I'm really sorry. I have to be the one to tell you this, but like, it's really hard to get your license here. You're gonna have to do all this stuff. And but that's where he had gotten his license because he moved in from out of state too. And so he was like, go talk to Wade. That's how I got mine. Mm -hmm. And yeah, ended up working out. So 
have Crazy. him to thank for that, yeah. which is awesome. <laughs> so it's an owl, right? And yeah, it's a it's an owl, like you know, kind of a a loosely great horned owl, not like super species specific. But I just told him I wanted an owl on top of an elk skull, and the owl is holding a little mouse, it's a little treat in its hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and then a bunch of roses around it, and it's a really beautiful tattoo. And it was, um, you know, I just when I moved to Portland and I had all of this room because I hadn't gotten a ton of tattoos when I lived in Montana was a super cool experience to get tattooed by people that I had been like seeing in magazines or really loved their work and I was finally in a city where I like pick and choose and Mm -hmm. it was super exciting is there any meaning behind the owl at all or no I mean I'm from Colorado and and then my dad and stepmom have lived in Montana since I was young and I just like the outdoors and just like I don't know I I like owls I like wildlife I like things like that and so it wasn't really nothing like sentimental or specific necessarily Mm -hmm. I just wanted like some natural elements and a nice animal tattoo Um, and then he also did my stomach tattoo I have a lady head profile on my stomach Mm -hmm. with a snake oh wow that's that's huge yeah like the full belly (laughs) um and he did that for me while i was working at fortune tattoo and uh yeah it's just it's great to get tattooed by him he's very light-handed very um self-deprecating and funny so (laughs) it's you know i feel like it was they were both like really positive sessions which was great yeah Okay, we'll go to your right arm now. So mm-hmm. tell me about the tattoos on your right arm. Um, so my right arm is all a sleeve that is done by Miss Mickey, who owns Fortune Tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked for her for four years, and she was, you know, a very formative mentor in my career. And I just told her that I wanted an Atlantis princess, yeah. like a mermaid in Atlantis, and um, just kind of gave her free reign and gave her the whole arm. Ah, okay. And so we've got like... the kind of the mermaid up top Mm -hmm. and then the fin goes all the way past my elbow onto my forearm and she's wearing like a almost like a dress cloak thing over her fin Mm -hmm. with a tiny wave print all over it that she freehanded and just did on like she didn't even stencil it it was incredible yeah and that was like a lot of sessions just to do that but it was so worth it i love it so much yeah i love the geodes that are kind of yeah these these are all little platonic solids so they're um sacred geometry shapes and then we've got like some kind of like pyramid and column ruins beautiful in the background and then at the bottom there's a skull with a crown of crystals and just a ton of fish and just the way she layered the color is so beautiful Yeah, so, and then I have, like, a little spot down at the bottom where there was some room, and I got this little single needle rose done by my friend Spider Sinclair, who's from New Zealand. He owns Two Hands Tattoo, and then he works at Save Tattoo in L.A. when he's in the U.S. part of the year. Um, Yeah, and I think it looks really nice right there. It's nice and balanced and healed perfect. It looks so nice. So you have your legs tattooed as well, too. Yeah. Yes. So I, my legs, I've got a ton of stuff on there. Um, Jesse Preston also did this really cool tattoo on like my, I'm pretty sure it's like my left butt cheek hip bone mm-hmm. sort of area. And it's a naked lady riding a dolphin. And it's like my cool party tattoo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that one's really cool. That's pretty big. It's pretty big. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a nice, good size. Mm-hmm. Um, How many dolphins are tattooed on your body? Because I know that your sleeve has a few. Well, dolphins. I've just got sharks on my sleeve. Oh, those, actually. Okay, I'm sorry. Those yeah, are sharks. Okay. so I think that might be the only dolphin. How about dolphin. water animals then? 
are tattooed on you? I do have a shark that has an owl head that uh, my friend Maddie Hayes also did on me. Um, so I've got, yeah, I'd say I got some water, some water <laughs> animals going on. Um, I have a tattoo on um, same side as my dolphin party lady. That's, it's my cat, Tuna, who's like a very large, fluffy orange Maine Coon. So he looks like Garfield kind of, oh, cool. but he's doing the crawling panther. And Jeff P did that for me back when he worked at the artwork rebels at the old shop before it blew up. Yeah. Um, and that was probably like six years ago or so. And then I have a couple of pieces by Kaz Williamson on the tops of my thighs. One is like an Egyptian lady looking straight on with a, a headdress. Mm-hmm. And then the other one on the other side is a lady in a moon. She's like a blue moon lady with lots of beautiful hair and beads and stuff. And then let me see what else is over there i have so many tattoos on my legs (laughs) (laughs) do you have any pieces that are a little bit more like personal in the sense of like a commemorative piece in a way i guess i do this so there's a piece on my hip that craig had made me a drawing when we were first dating and it's a little cat and it's got its little tongue sticking out. It's got these little hearts around it. And it just has a little bubble that says meow. <laughs> and he was <laughs> gave it to me. And it's just so cute. And um, I had carried it in my wallet, you know, until I got it tattooed on me, which uh-huh. was only like maybe four years ago. And we've been together since 2008. So the drawing was like falling apart. And I was worried that it would just <laughs> that I'd lose it or it would disintegrate. And I was working at Lombard Street Tattoo and Blacklist Tattoo at the same time Mm -hmm. and doing like two days at one and two days at the other for a summer. And so so Max Ireland did that for me because he does this like super teeny little lines and it was such a tiny little ballpoint pen drawing that he was like sweating it, (laughs) but turned out really good. And uh, it was a surprise too. I didn't tell Craig and it was our anniversary and then we went to go eat dinner and I showed I just had a, a photo of it since it was all bandaged up mm-hmm. but I showed him a photo and he was very surprised oh so cool um, and we don't have each other's names tattooed on us or anything like that but I thought that that was like a really cool that's definitely fun equivalent tribute yeah exactly and like I loved the drawing so much it's just so adorable and um <laughs> yeah just knew I had to have it with me forever yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh I have a prince tattoo uh, I got the Prince symbol tattooed on me the day that Prince died by Sean Lanous when I was working at Blacklist. Mm-hmm. And that one is kind of a funny story because it was really hot. It was during this, well, I don't know exactly the day that Prince died offhand, but it was hot that day. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think I was really like working the whole day. I think I was getting off work early because Craig and I had an art opening to go to for couple of our friends and it was downtown it was during the day and so we you know I got piece of tagaderm put on me Sean put a piece of tagaderm on me while I was sitting on the chair still like I hadn't even got up after the tattoo and um then we were at this art opening and I was talking to my friend Thomas and all of a sudden I was like did I just pee my pants like what just happened and I looked down and saw that like the bubble where like all of the plasma was in the tagaderm had burst and ran down my leg and it was so disgusting but I didn't know what was happening at first so I was just like what what just you know I'm like actually like having a one-on-one conversation when this happens 
And thankfully, I wasn't wearing like flip flops or anything. So at least it was contained in my shoe, but uh, it was pretty gross. So now whenever I put Tagaderm on somebody, I'm like, okay, get up, walk around, get your blood moving, you know. And um, sometimes I won't even put it on them that first day if it's like really weepy or if it's hot out and it's sweaty because it's just going to fall off anyway. (laughs) So sometimes it's better to just bandage it normal and then just to like put a piece on the next day and then it'll stick really well. Mm So, yeah, that was a funny, like, gross story. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, okay, healing techniques. Tagaderm seems to be, mm-hmm. I mean, that obviously depends on the size of the tattoo. If it's a, yeah. If it's a big piece, you're not going to be able to do that. So what, yeah. what would you recommend as far as, he, like, taking care of a tattoo that you might have just got that's larger in size? Yeah, I mean, this was uh, where, where Mickey was really helpful in my career because Mickey's tattoos heal so perfect and she has such a streamlined uh aftercare situation and that's just like no muss no fuss it's basically just like leave your bandage on overnight and then wash it really good get it as clean as you can wash all of your plasma and your gooey stuff off of there and then just let it dry out and then you know keep it clean wash it morning and night unless somebody touches it with dirty hands or something like that and you need to wash it again but then the only thing that she recommends for aftercare is just unscented lotion and mm-hmm. so you're just cleaning your tattoo and keeping it clean and then using an unscented lotion just to moisturize it just enough so your skin is still dry to the touch and is not attracting dirt and hair and lint and stuff mm-hmm. um, but then still gets enough moisture so that it doesn't feel super tight mm-hmm. so it was so basic when I think about it it's really intuitive but then when you're like either just starting out getting tattooed or tattooing and like everybody's aftercare so different it just really helped to work for somebody who was just super streamlined it was like don't do too much to it don't put a ton of shit on it just keep it clean and moisturize it when it feels dry and essentially like getting rid of using ointments for healing my tattoos now I heal so fast and leaving my bandage on overnight is like a game changer because then you just clean all of it off at once. It doesn't like get gooey again and you don't have to keep washing it. I don't scab like it just it's so nice. Mm-hmm. It's just like I'm almost healed in like six days now, which is great. Kind of depends on the location. Sometimes like things you'll have like a couple stubborn spots, which is pretty normal especially if like the skin was either overworked or it's like on a joint or like just an area that's hard to clean. And sometimes you just get plasma just just doesn't want to budge. So you just kind of have to let it do its thing Mm -hmm. and fall off when it's ready. Okay. So to go back on your tattoos, do you have, do you have a least favorite tattoo and a favorite tattoo? Oh, that's a really hard question. Um, (laughs) I think, I mean, honestly, I really love when I say almost all my tattoos, I think I love all my tattoos. I think there's one that, you know, if I really had to laser one more, I could probably laser like this piece of clip art, you know, that I got on my leg (laughs) at some point, you know, but it's still, it looks good and it's there and it's fine. Um, What is the clip art? It's just, it's like this old timey guy riding a bike, but his feet are on the handlebars Mm -hmm. and it says plenty of action, but no control. And it's just like this weird, like, you know, 1800s, like, advertising cut or something from one of those Dover books and I just thought it was hilarious and got a tattooed on me <laughs> so I mean it's not like it, it doesn't look bad but you know it is kind of like okay well if I'm like really like trying to create some more space and I had to get one more piece laser that would be the go. one to go okay um, what's the last but, one to go then oh well, I don't know I mean 
I have so many favorite tattoos that I don't even know if I can pick one. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. Like, I, I am really fortunate and I love so many of my tattoos, almost all of them. I just am, like, so happy with them. And especially together, I think they look really cool the way that over time, especially on my legs when I have so many small pieces all kind of puzzle piece together, that they just look really rad together too it's not even just like one by itself mm-hmm. like i have one kneecap that's done by cheyenne sawyer and on that same leg i have a piece by greg from atlas it's this really cool frog carrying a cross made of dice and underneath the kneecap that cheyenne did it's under upside down butterfly there's um like a big floral tapestry print that Dan Gilstorf did on that leg too. So I have like three really great pieces that flow just really nicely together. And then I've got a couple cool fun fillers in between. Ryan Neri did this little egg with a little snake wrapped around it next to the frog and that kind of sandwiches between like the Egyptian lady and yeah, they just all like look so nice together. Yeah, and yeah. some things are like drawn to fit. So everything is just like pretty seamless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the, your other leg, your other knee, mm-hmm. um, tell me about the tattoo so on the other knee. That one is done by Henry Lewis, and um, I got that done by him, I think, two winters ago, maybe three. He was doing a guest spot at Artwork Rebels, and I've always wanted to get tattooed by him. He's been one of the people that I've been following since I since before I started tattooing, and it was really great to get tattooed by him and to get to just hang out with him for a little while and you know one of the most like influential books like while I was in college that came out was the juxtaposed tattoo book it had such an incredible lineup it was like every tattooer that was just like incredible and a lot of people I'd never heard of that I was just like my mind was just blown (laughs) I had never seen tattoos that nice and I found out while I was getting tattooed by Henry that he curated that book. Oh, wow. And that's why yeah. everything was so good. I was like, I should have brought it and had you sign it because I still have it. Yeah, and it, it's uh, the piece he did for me is an Egyptian cat. So it's like it's kind of like a jade green. And then it's got the vulture and the snake headdress on it. It's gorgeous. It's so bright, so beautiful. One of the first pieces I got at Atlas was uh, from Jacob Redmond, and it's a sarcophagus with like a little skull face, and it's super bright and beautiful and awesome. And um, I'm very lucky to have like so many beautiful tattoos by so many local people. But then I'm like, there's more. There's always more, yeah. <laughs> and I'm running out of space. Do you have um, any tattoos above the neck, like on your head anywhere, on your ear? You know, the only tattoo I have on above my neck is my little ear tattoo Mm -hmm. um my little lightning bolt and um i thought about doing my neck and i probably will someday that's not an area that's really off the table but it's to me like i have so much respect for this area of the body that i really want to have it be like just like the banger i want to have it be like the most piece on my body I'm like the most proud of um, because it will always be visible Um, and so I think like I just almost have like thinking about it so intensely that I'm really in no rush to do it and I don't think I'm going to do the front I think I might just do the sides Sides. Mm -hmm. but then I have like a little pocket above my chest piece Mm -hmm. that I could do like a little something Mm -hmm. there Um, so I'm kind of like uh, 
just dividing all of these last remaining little bits and hopefully gonna like find some cool fun stuff to put into the little zones tell me about what it means to work at a vegan shop what does that mean um yeah so scapegoat has been a vegan shop ever since it's been open i'm pretty sure that brian wilson who's the owner and my boss um has been vegan ever since the beginning and so so basically the deal is that like all of our supplies are vegan like our inks our ointments our stencil paper which doesn't affect how I tattoo whatsoever like I get to use almost all of the same inks I was using before the only exception is I just switched my black ink to a different brand that I already was using their color ink and and you know, we just get like a different type of stencil paper. We just get like a different ointment, but it really doesn't affect my tattooing at all. And I still do the same quality of tattoos and you don't have to be vegan to work there, but you know, it is just like, we respect the house rules and everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a great place to work. They're very conscientious about like, we're talking about like how we can be less wasteful and we're looking at different products you know to be a little bit more green because anything that you know where you have to deal with bloodborne pathogens and universal precautions and things like that you create a lot of waste everything's single use everything's plastic you're wrapping everything in plastic and there are a lot of companies that are coming out with alternatives now which is great, but not a lot of them are domestic. They're like Canadian or British or something, which is it's great to see more people doing it and it will trickle into the US mm-hmm. and be a little bit more accessible. I think at first everything, like the price point was so high that switching over, it's like, okay, well, if we decide to get all biodegradable ink caps, then that tax on like so much extra money that then we'd have to raise our prices but then you're wrapping everything in plastic still so trying to figure out like you know trying to plan for either like keeping our ears open for certain companies or products or just like i follow a couple like blogs or instagrams that are like uh, low waste tattooing Mm -hmm. and so just like seeing what other people are doing and seeing how we can kind of integrate that and we're kind of looking at just our impact mm-hmm. you know um the so, whole industry makes a big impact i apologize for being a little ignorant about it, but stencil paper mm-hmm. i didn't even know there was vegan stencil paper yeah really the only difference is that the vegan stencil paper doesn't have lanolin in it and the regular stencil paper is still made by the same exact company it just lanolin comes from sheep's wool it's like oh, the oil okay. from the sheep's wool um and that's the only reason why that's technically not vegan um same with like some tattoo inks are made with shellac which is like ground up beetle wings okay so like they're using insect parts so like things like that so it really kind of depends like if you're a consumer and you really like want to get a vegan tattoo you might have to like call a few places because not everybody is going to think about like what's in their stencil paper what's in their ink obviously the stencil paper is like you know the ink is going into your skin the stencil carbon is touching your skin and Mm -hmm. you might get a little bit of it in there but so it really just depends on the client and like how vegan they want their tattoo to be some people don't care at all and i've tattooed all different ways um and as long as what i'm using is quality i don't mind Mm -hmm. has craig ever tattooed you like him physically tattooed you? yes he has tell tell me about that (laughs) um so craig has tattooed me twice oh three times um he tattooed a little cat face on me Mm -hmm. with uh with a machine a long time ago it was probably like 2012 maybe so that was Um, the first one first tattoo that he gave you 
Yeah, I think it was. Mm -hmm. The second one he gave me was a little stick and poke pot leaf. Mm -hmm. And it's on my butt (laughs) next to the four leaf clover. So it looks really cool. Um, And then the third one that he gave me is just like a little smiley face stick and poke with like a little joint out of its mouth. (laughs) And that one, I mean, the ankle... You wouldn't think that it would be so painful, but the ankle sucks so bad. And a stick and poke is like, it's different when it's just the machine because it's kind of like a constant sensation. But the stick and poke is like you feel the sensation of every poke and it's very intense and you have to press hard in order to like, you know. So that's why a lot of people do it when they party. But But they're fun, and God, that tattoo, though, hurt so bad that I had Craig stop multiple times. The tattoo is the size of a quarter, and I couldn't. I just had to make him stop because I was like, it just hurts so bad. I don't know what's happening. And it was... was at our friend JD's house at a, you know his Super Bowl party, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. It hurts too bad. And Craig is like, I he was just like, I was so mortified. It's like I just felt like all my friends were looking at me like I was hurting my wife. <laughs> so he hasn't tattooed me since then because I think that um, maybe that was a little traumatic yeah. for him because <laughs> I just couldn't handle it. Um, I don't remember the pot leaf hurting at all though. Mm-hmm. Like that was like nothing. Um, and I've tattooed him obviously a bunch of times mm-hmm. but not in a very long time okay. like we're planning some bigger stuff but it's kind of like the cobbler's wife has no shoes kind of situation mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's like you know i work all the time and then on my day off he's like i'm not gonna make you go back to the shop and work totally. but i want to tattoo him so we're we're gonna we'll have to just out. like make appointments yeah. like normal <laughs> people <laughs> uh, but we're gonna start working on his arm and he's got some really cool ideas and mm-hmm. um yeah, they're all like things that I'm thrilled to tattoo. So I can't wait to like do start working on those because he doesn't have any tattoos past his elbows yet. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty unassuming. Like if, if he's just wearing short sleeves and jeans, he doesn't look tattooed yeah. at all really. Kind of yeah. depends on the shirt. So when I was tattooing and I, I went back and actually got tattooed by Calamity Jane um, who had the shop in my hometown when I was a kid and she helped me with the high school independent study project. Cause even in high school, I was like, I'm going to write a paper on tattooing and I'm going to do like a project and all this stuff. And, and I'd go visit her at the shop and she would help me out. And when I was working for Mickey and I came back home to visit, she had a shop in grand junction and I went and got tattooed by her. And I have this little cactus on the front of my ankle and it's just a little cactus with like a little pink sun behind it. And it was so, it was such an incredible experience. And she was so excited to have a tattooer visit her because mm-hmm. she was like, I don't know anybody here. I don't like this town, you know? And she was like, you know, people that I know, like she was all excited that I worked for Mickey and that yeah. I had worked with Vivine Lazongo when she came down to Portland at Mickey's shop and I had met Mary Jane Hockey and she was like you know people that I know like she was just so excited she was like you know the right people and (laughs) and was like so happy to like talk about tattooing and stuff that I think I was there like six hours that day (laughs) you know we were just taking our time and you know she was setting up and everything we were chatting the whole time and um I had brought a print for her and I was commenting on some of the flash that she had on the walls at her shop. So it was just incredible stuff everywhere. And there was some Bob Roberts flash up on the walls and, and they were 
big like laminated pieces they weren't originals but like the artwork is just like super stunning it's really beautiful like fine line stuff like fine line ladies with roses and then like really tough stuff and commented on one of those sheets and then there was like a sailor Vern sheet that was on the wall too and she was like you like this stuff take it and she gave me stuff off her wall because she was like nobody here appreciates this nobody in this town cares She's like, I've been tattooing for, at that point, she had been tattooing for like 40 years probably. I don't know exactly the dates, but she was like, nobody even looks at this stuff in this town. And there's, you know, people across the street from me doing tattoos for $50. Like, it's just, she's like, it's not a town that like, you know, people would appreciate mm -hmm. this kind of thing. So she was like, if you are going to tattoo stuff off of it, if you're going to hang it in your shop, if you're going to appreciate it, you should have it. Oh. And it was just such an incredible like gesture. I just like couldn't believe it. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Later, I mean, I, I found out pretty quickly when I brought the stuff home that the Sailor Vern flash that she had given me was original. Oh my God. And then after she died, her collection of Sailor Vern flash went to like a, an archive and yellow beak press made a whole book of it. And my sheet is not in the book cause it wasn't her in her collection. Oh and so it's a very, yeah. very amazing thing to actually have that. that. So was that the last tattoo that she did for you? Yeah, it was the only one I had gotten from her. Okay. Um, I had been to her shop for, you know, a few times and, and she had tattooed a number of my friends, but yeah, that was the only one I'd gotten from her. Mm -hmm. And I think she passed away maybe like the next year. It wasn't even that long after wow. that. So I'm really glad I got to spend time with her because she was such a huge influence on me. Mm -hmm. And, um, she told me some hilarious stories and, you know, I think she just had a lot of regrets and, and was just really bummed that she ended up in that town and was just like, I can't even move. Like, I don't like it here, but I'm kind of stuck. Yeah. And I just kind of felt bad and was yeah. just like happy to spend time with her. And I think that's like, you know, as a lot of people who've been tattooing for a long time probably feel like that they get forgotten and it does mean a lot when like younger tattooers stop in and just say what's up and yeah. I try to do that and you know just kind of like try to meet people you know it's, it's just valuable to do that while people are still around yes and I think there's this obviously a sense of family amongst the tattoo professionals mm -hmm. I would say you know myself not being a tattoo artist there's just tattoo history is so young but still so rich and so there's so many like for example Sailor Jerry, you could talk to someone mm -hmm. who doesn't have tattoos. Yeah, I've heard the name Sailor Jerry before, yeah. right? But, mm -hmm. you know, Sailor Vern, like, oh, I've never heard of Sailor Vern before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so for you to have spent time with Calamity Jane and to have such a, a unique and, like, powerful experience for yourself and to be able to pass that on, mm -hmm. hopefully through this podcast and mm -hmm. other, other opportunities, you know, like while you're tattooing someone who that story might come up or something mm -hmm. like that, I think that's such an important thing just because it all had to start somewhere and to kind of continue the legacy, you mm -hmm. know? And yeah. yeah, like you were saying, like she might've had some regrets, but also like she was a badass tattoo artist, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I'm sure if in her heyday, like not, not many women, you know, like even still She's to one to, of the first women, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So and she like, told me some stories about how awful that was. And to hear, like I've, I've heard some horror stories from some of the, the women who you know have been tattooing 30 plus years and i just i'm so grateful that 
they toughed it out so that I could do it because I have it so easy. <laughs> like the the men I work with respect me and they don't take my money and they don't abuse me. And it wasn't always the case for women in tattooing. And it still isn't the case for women in tattooing sometimes. And for non-binary people and for trans people, like it's still not the case sometimes. And I do think that there's still a lot of growing up to do sometimes when we talk about tattooing and the ownership of it and the gatekeeping of it and the idea that you know because tattooing in my opinion is as old as human beings and so I feel like the more archaeology research that's being done on it the more we're finding that like so many mummies had tattoos so many cultures used a you know some form of or another of you know depending on the method whether it was like poking the ink in or whether it was creating a cut and rubbing ink in um, or using scarification every culture since the dawn of time has been doing it and I think like next to sex work it's probably the oldest profession <laughs> you know like as, as far as the human condition goes it's like we want to express our individuality and I think that there are a lot of different functions for tattoos and maybe in some of these like older ancient cultures they were more medicinal or spiritual where they were you know possibly on like meridian points or they had some higher meaning or they were tied to some sort of uh, ritual or you know coming of age and mm. and I think that you know while it's so cool that we can just like get pictures tattooed on us so easy <laughs> like I do think that there's a lot to be said about respecting just like indigenous cultures who have been practicing yeah. it for thousands of years and then understanding in the same breath that like western tattoo culture is what's so new totally yes and like that it, and it kind of feels like you know after I've been tattooing for this long and and you know, I have more perspective now. And, and of course, I still love tattooing, and I'm still obsessed with it. But you start to see every aspect of it. And you start to realize that like, it kind of just like, you know, came over from Europe. And then with the war just ended with both wars, like kind of ended up being claimed by white men and just essentially colonized, like a lot of things were. And then that's, who got to say who got into the industry mm -hmm. after that once it started being actually commercialized as a job because mm -hmm. before i mean a lot of tattooers you know that started out like you know all the all the the guys that you know whose old antique flash lines people's walls or you know people pay a ton of money for you know a sheet of flash from you know somebody from you know, before our parents were born, um, which I think there's so much value in that history, but it's also really valuable to see like where a lot of that history came from and what birthed it. And, yes. you know, it's, you know, not every legendary tattooer was an amazing person. And I think that is something that, you know, kind of separating the art from the artist or understanding something as historical legacy while also understanding that maybe it came from a place of, you know, racism or misogyny or something where that was culturally acceptable. And also like people wore it with a literal badge of pride when they get some of these tattoos, yeah. especially after the war era. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of stuff that I won't tattoo anymore. That's like some of that traditional Americana stuff is just not something I want to perpetuate. Mm -hmm. I still love traditional tattooing, but there's, there's some things like that. I just don't feel comfortable tattooing mm -hmm. anymore just because I feel like, you know, after knowing the time period and just, you know, harmful representations of other cultures, it's just like, 
after knowing it, why would I want to perpetuate totally. it knowingly, you know, and yeah. especially maybe on somebody that doesn't get it. It's like, well, then they're just going to keep, you know, it just kind of feels like it's almost unfair to them. Like they should know. Yeah. Um, and if they still want it, maybe I'm just not the person to do it. Yeah. And that's totally fine. But, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, tattooing has always been something that gravitated towards like the outliers of society and stuff. So of course not every tattooer, not every client is a perfect angel. But that being said, I do think that we have a lot of responsibility with what we tattoo on people. Mm -hmm. And I think that you carry that on your shoulders. And if you know that there's a lot of stuff that is involved with our conscience, that's like, if I can't sleep at night knowing that I did that to somebody um, and I just took their money just cause I could, then like, maybe I don't, deserve this responsibility mm -hmm. so i i've always taken it very seriously but you know now that i've i've just tried to educate a lot more um i educate myself a lot more about just being sensitive to other cultures and communities and things that you know obviously i should have been anyway but i think you know not only like white privilege but society and just traditional tattooing and mostly being surrounded by white guys like most of my career mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of led me to like maybe just come to it a little bit later than I think that I personally would have liked to but I'm happy that I'm learning and yeah. still learning and you know I'm just like happy to keep learning in that sense because I think there's still a lot of work to do and yeah. you know we're there's a lot of gray areas when it comes to like cultural appropriation and you know like I don't know there's just tattooing is just one of those things that like it's still your body mm -hmm. so no one's going to tell you not to get that dream catcher tattoo but maybe if you think about like the culture that it came from and that it's actually supposed to attract bad things like maybe you don't want that on yeah. your body and yeah. also maybe it's not respectful to that culture yes so um i think that's st stuff that like you know i'm sh i have a lot of friends like you know, and we talk about it sometimes and they're like, yeah, I've got this thing, you know, I wouldn't do it again, but like, I don't, maybe I should, you know, some people are talking about getting stuff lasered off. Cause like, you know, I had a day of the dead skull on me and like full disclosure, like thought I was super cool and I got it lasered off and I don't regret that because I feel like that's something that I could never understand because yeah. I'm not Mexican or Latinx yeah. and it's not for me to take like a holiday that is you know uh, centers around your loved ones that have passed away it doesn't feel right to like have yeah that on yeah. like i've never celebrated it i've never experienced it and yeah. um you know when i got it lasered off it was something that like i i didn't even so much think about what it was i just didn't really like the space it was taking up anymore yeah. and you know but in hindsight, you know, especially after talking to a lot of my like Latinx clients mm -hmm. and stuff and, and, you know, I, I really appreciate their input on these situations. I'm like, you know, what do you think about these kind of tattoos? And, you know, I also don't want them to be doing too much emotional labor for me while I'm tattooing them because <laughs> yeah. that's putting them in a stressful yeah. position. But if it comes up naturally, yeah. then I feel like their input is very valuable mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, like a lot of people do think it's very disrespectful when white people get Day of the Dead Skulls tattooed on them. Yeah, so I think that's like something that I've seen as positive growth in tattooing. There have been a number of 
you know, platforms on Instagram and things like that, like Ink the Diaspora and Dark Skin Body Art are both amazing Instagram accounts that showcase tattoos on dark skin because there's a lot of tattoo pages, you know, that will only repost stuff that's on like really light white skin because everything pops. And I think there's just some like, there's some subtext to that you know when that's all you see mm-hmm. you're like okay well you know for for my black clients like they've a lot of them were told that they couldn't get color tattoos and it's just absolutely not true mm-hmm. i've done a ton of color tattoos on black clients walk-ins and regulars mm-hmm. and i don't think that you know most people know their own skin you know and they know that it's not going to be like canary yellow like it is on a piece of paper yeah. But they still want color and like I think that's completely valid and it still shows up and I think as long as you understand color theory and you can make good color choices for maximum contrast and brightness and like it's just using using that little bit of like art training mm-hmm. to really make a tattoo look as good as it can I think like tattooing dark skin is really no more challenging for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there was like, you know, it was nice to see that there are Instagrams just dedicated to that because um, there are so many black people that want to get tattooed and, you know, they I, walking into a tattoo shop is stressful anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when you walk into a place that you don't know if somebody's willing to tattoo you is probably incredibly stressful mm-hmm. and a lot of anxiety and you want to be treated with respect and you want to be told that, you can get a tattoo and i think that it is really nice to see these platforms emerging and to see these conversations happening Mm -hmm. and to see like you know there are a lot of really amazing black tattooers that are just like incredible at what they're doing and now like there's just more exposure for them and Mm -hmm. i think that's really great because when i was first starting out it was like just a sea of white guys and now it's there's more women, there's more non-binary and trans yeah. people, there's more, there's there's just more. And, and I do think that's a positive thing about tattooing growing so much. Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest perks of tattooing is being able to work in other cities yeah. and do guest spots at other tattoo shops. Yeah. Like you just learn so much, you make friends, then you're able to go to conventions and know all sorts of people. Yeah. And then through those people, then you can, you know, do guest spots at other places. And I, I think it's just a, a wonderful part of tattooing that I try to take advantage of as much as I can. I like traveling, but I I find it really hard to organize myself at home if I travel too much. And so I'm only trying to do like two or three conventions a year. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I try to fit in some guest spots when I can, or like if I go to a new city, but I know somebody there at a shop, then I might be like, well, if I work a couple of days and I can expense this trip, (laughs) because I'll have some time. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, you know, and when Craig and I travel together, like if if he has a bunch of friends who skate and I have a shop I can go work at, I'll go work and he goes and skates. Yeah. And like that's kind of a, that's the ideal work trip because I don't want him just like hanging out waiting for me all day while I work like till 10 o'clock or yeah. something because I always end up working way later when I travel. Yeah. But yeah, doing guest spots is amazing and so fun. And I've met so many incredible people and I've gotten to work and amazing shops and really cool cities and meet locals and um is there a city that you'd like to travel to and tattoo out of that you haven't yet no have you tattooed outside of the country 
Yes, technically I tattooed in Oslo. Um, I tattooed my friend Celia when she worked at Invictus in Oslo. Um, Craig and I were on our honeymoon in Copenhagen and we took a ship up to Oslo and stayed with Celia and Spencer for a couple days. And they live back in Portland now and I work with her at Scapegoat. But it was really fun and I got to tattoo her. And it was like a guest spot but I had no clientele there yeah. so I didn't have any appointments <laughs> or anything but she had already tattooed me and so I owed her a tattoo as yeah. part of our trade so I tattooed her <laughs> so technically I've tattooed in Norway um, but yeah I would like to do some international traveling um, and working in other countries I think would be really fun I've never actually like worked a convention overseas or anything um, but I typically do like the Salt Lake Convention and then usually Austin and I try to kind of like try out one or two other ones and see I like doing things consistently but sometimes you go once and you're like oh it was just so hard to travel or I wasn't that busy so you kind of weigh it out and maybe don't do it again but yeah conventions are really hard on my body now so I have to be really careful <laughs> about just like it's intense it's very intense I mean tattooing in general is very intense and I didn't realize until I got injured from tattooing like how gnarly it is yeah. on your body it was i think two or three years ago uh, i my right hip dislocated oh. it was a basically a long-term stress injury from just the way i was sitting and how my station was set up um and i was doing a lot of twisting and reaching back behind me and then one day and i, I was like really sore tattooing my friend and i was like man i need to stretch like I just feel I'm like so sore and mm -hmm. my back hurts so bad. And then I woke up in the morning and like couldn't walk oh. and I was in bed for two weeks. And ever since then though, I've just been like on the track to trying to undo that, mm -hmm. get better, get stronger, but then also take care of all my other long-term stress injuries from tattooing that I didn't think were bad enough to do anything about. Yeah. I was in so much pain all the time that I didn't know I was in pain anymore because it was so normal. And thankfully before that injury, I had started to see a chiropractor and it was because I was getting massaged and complaining so much about like all of this pain that I was having that my friend Sam, who was massaging me at the time was like, hey, you know, you can get massaged as much as you want, but like if your bones aren't in the right place, there's only so much I can do, yeah. which is a really great thing to hear from somebody like, hey, I can, I'll help you, but there's limitations. You know, if right. like your actual bones are out of place, then like you're still going to experience pain. So I went to see uh, my chiropractor, Dr. Alvis, incredible. And when I got my x-rays, I saw my neck was curved the opposite way that it should be. And so there was just so much compression happening in my upper back. I actually had a spot like at the very bottom of my neck, at the top of my back, that was a dead zone of nerves. I couldn't feel anything. Oh, like even if I dug my nail in there, I couldn't feel anything. I had headaches all the time. I just thought that was normal. A lot of sciatic nerve issues. And so once I started getting my neck worked on all of a sudden it was like my whole upper body like had to retrain itself i'd go through all these phases of like wow this week my neck feels really weak like i can't lift it up and yeah. then all of a sudden i'd like build that strength up and then the next week it would be like oh now my back feels really weak and it was going from no body awareness whatsoever completely ignoring my body to all of a sudden experiencing all of these strange new sensations and different types of pain that are incorporated with like healing and like figuring out and just understanding what type of pain it was and so when I hurt my hip I, I went straight to my chiropractor and um, 
you know, then he recommended a physical therapist and I've been working with Sean Cooney ever since then. Mm -hmm. And that's been like over two years of, of working with these guys, plus still getting massages, getting acupuncture. Now I do Pilates because I have to work out in order to tattoo because my my muscles weren't strong enough to hold my bones together and like my bones were actually oh. like disconnecting and I had like my, my collarbone wouldn't stay in place my ribs wouldn't stay in place all of these things just started because I was undoing all this damage that was actually holding it together oh. all this scar tissue and all this fascia that was like all clumped up and it was actually kind of just like keeping me in this stasis yeah. and then once I started to undo all of it then it was like okay now I actually have to grow muscles to hold everything together yeah. and so now at this point in my career I do almost as much body work as I do tattooing like between all of those like appointments and things and it's a lot of maintenance but for the most part like this is the most pain-free I've been in my whole entire That's life awesome. like this is I, I've I always remember having neck pain. I always remember having back pain. It's because I've always been an artist hunched over the table. And yeah, it's a, it's a lot of maintenance and I'm very privileged to have insurance and to have some practitioners who want to trade tattoos. And so having access to all of these people yeah. is amazing. But I also know that not everybody has that. And so I try to like, you know, if I have coworkers who need recommendations for people, I'm like, well, this person takes insurance, but this person takes cash. And I have like yeah. all these healthcare providers yeah. that I recommend, but really it's like almost every tattooer I talk to is in pain. And we suffer for our craft quite literally, physically. Yeah. It's it's very intense. And every like chiropractor or doctor that I've told about what I do is like, you have it worse than dentists and hairstylists. And they're like, wait, so you have to, when I actually demonstrate how I tattoo, they're just like, yeah. what? So <laughs> it's, I'm trying to do better at like, you know, my posture and my station and I'm, I got like a, an exercise ball stool that actually has like half an exercise ball on yeah. the stool part, but it's fully adjustable. Mm -hmm. um, I've been working a lot with just like setting myself up properly and adjusting my client properly. But like that was such an intense career scare that I thought I might not be able to tattoo again after yeah, that. Right. That like it really scared me into like really the fear is what keeps me like yeah. maintaining my body because now like when I do, I still have hip flare ups. I still have, I went to my physical therapist today and like he did a bunch of stuff on my shoulder yeah. because it's not even my tattoo hand that's messed up. It's my left shoulder of my stretching arm because I'm holding oh. my arm and my elbow up while compressing and applying pressure at the same time. Oh and uh, so like, yeah, the thing that I just like never paid any attention to is like just layers and layers all jammed up. Mm. And then the last convention I was at just a couple weeks ago, I came home and the day I came home, I couldn't move my head. Like my neck was like, you can only look straight and to the right and that's all you can do oh, until you see a gosh. chiropractor. And so, yeah, it's just, I have to just be a little bit more aware of my body's limitations and I can't suffer for my clients anymore. I have to be a little bit, and my clients are all great and understanding and they're like, oh, if you need to stretch, like, or if you need to eat, like definitely do that. Yeah. And like, it's my own programming where I'm like, I'm fine. I can just push through, <laughs> but they don't want me to, you oh, know? Yeah. And so I have to like take breaks to stretch and drink water and stuff and like 
remind myself to do that. And I usually feel like most clients are happy to take a break to stretch and drink water too. So, you know, it's not like I'm going outside to smoke a cigarette every 10 minutes and just like, okay, let's just like, okay, we're done with this section. Let's just get up, move around for a second. And it it feels a lot better than when I don't do that. Now I'm kind of in this point in my career where maybe I'm I'm thinking about like how to maximize my time, maybe not taking every single request that comes in my door, even though I pride myself on being able to tattoo anything because I was taught to like do all styles and be able to tattoo whatever walks in. And I think that's an amazing skill to have. And I've, I have a lot of longevity, I feel, because I'm versatile, mm-hmm. but... I also am like, okay, now I can't bend over backward for anybody anymore. I need to take care of myself. Because totally. if I don't take care of myself, then no one gets me at all. Exactly. So it's, you know, once I hit 10 years tattooing, that's when all the like repetitive stress and compound kind of stuff started happening. Um, so I recommend for people who are like just starting out tattooing or people who are just starting to have pain to like get on top of it yeah. and like be active because we sit all day long. Ugh. Yeah. And we're sitting, but we're like forward Hunched. and we're every muscle's engaged and we're holding that position for so long while holding something generally heavy and buzzing. Yeah. And, you know, it's just after 13 years of having a buzzing tattoo machine in my ear, I'm also like thinking about switching from coils to rotaries, which was also like such a pride thing for me in my career, like always using coils and you know at a certain point like you know you can make your own decisions you don't have to have like everybody else who's ever told you something in your whole entire life to have to dictate your life for you so it's kind of nice to like be like oh there's nothing wrong with me switching to what I think is better no matter what that is like I have enough experience now where I can kind of go against my programming of like this is the way it should be because everybody has a different opinion it was that's just who I was taught by mm-hmm. um and so now I'm like trying to do things more for my health and my own well-being than for other people you have to yeah it's a huge consciousness shift for me <laughs> I'm sure yeah I know yeah I'm I'm I would assume that you know in the early days of your career it's just very almost in a way militant like you got to just grit your teeth and get through it yeah you know and And you work long hours and you live and breathe tattooing and it it kind of is like it's a badge of honor being overworked it's like you're you get more respect if you work harder than everyone else and i also have experienced as a woman in tattooing that you have to work harder than all of your male peers to get half as much credit and i feel like that's just so like from the very beginning I was always like head down I'm gonna work I'm gonna prove myself and you know I think that's awesome and and I think that like a lot of people you know are really good at just those early years just being like I just I really want to do this it's something that just it completely consumes you if you love tattooing like you're obsessed with it and so it's easy to do that But then it's also healthy to have other hobbies that aren't tattooing. And it's also healthy to have friends who aren't tattooers and to do things where like you don't even think about it. You're like you're playing music or like I volunteered at the Audubon Society for a year and a half um, in the animal hospital because it was just so nice to do something that was like. I'm volunteering, I'm doing something for something else and I'm helping these animals and I'm helping my local community and I'm learning. And 
I will say though that like, of course, some of my motivation was to see animals up close so that I could draw them better. <laughs> so like, it's I'm not even immune of you know to like completely separating myself from tattooing. Yeah. Everything ties back into yeah. it at some point. Um, but I do think that now I'm like understanding my own boundaries and being like, oh yes, like it's it's great to do a trip that I don't work on, yeah. you know, and like actually get to enjoy a vacation and yes. like treat myself to something that isn't about tattooing, but <laughs> it's, yeah, it still runs my whole life, which yeah. is great. <laughs> Any other tattoos you wanted to talk about? Let me think. I have a really great tattoo on my hip of a crying lady in the shape of a heart mm -hmm. um, from my friend Olivia Olivier, who um, lives in San Francisco. She works at Rose and Thorn Tattoo and uh, we did a tattoo trade at the Salt Lake Convention a few years ago, and it was she got a red parrot from me, and I picked out that lady head, and uh, we were tattooing so late, we were like one of the last people to leave, and in Salt Lake City, everything closes at like nine or ten o'clock, and so we got out of the convention at like eleven o'clock, being like, oh, we'll just get food, and you know, we'll be good to go, and everything was closed we couldn't find we were like calling all these places talking to people everyone was like oh just order pizza from this place and we called and they'd be like we just stopped doing delivery 10 minutes ago and so we ended up after like an hour and a half trying to find food walking to a convenience store that was across from the convention center <laughs> we were like it's still open we can at least get some snacks yeah. <laughs> so it was a very desperate night oh but, my gosh well it was great she's great was that a flash piece um, yeah, I think it was out of her book. Yeah, she has a lot of really amazing lady heads and faces and stuff. So right, you have the back of your knees tattooed. I do. Yeah, one is like like one of the back of the knee pieces that I have. Um, I got a piece from Jay Bach, who I used to work at um, Blacklist with, who is one of the owners of Tiger Clue now, and he did this little filler piece for me that was like right in the back of the knee right in the ditch but it was like off to the side and I thought it was such a tiny space I was like can you just like fit a cool skull in here he drew this whole entire like skull and flowers and like all this stuff that like filled the spot so perfect and actually is like a pretty big tattoo and <laughs> It just looks amazing. So awesome. that was awesome because I had very low expectations for what I was going to get, seeing as it was a very small space. Um, I also got a couple. I got a tattoo um, last summer from Alex Mattis, who travels around. Um, she's one of those tattooers who's on the road all the time. And she, her work is super cool. And I got a praying mantis head with a little spiked dog collar on. And that one's super cool. Where's that at? Um, that one's right under my knee on my right side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, um, so I had an apprentice for three years, um, Nick Dirks, and he tattooed me uh, right after I tattooed him when he was doing his like 50 tattoos, his apprentice tattoos. And he really wanted to do more fine line stuff, which is most of the stuff he does now. And I was like, you know, I was like, I don't know. You know, of course, I was like, do I want to have you tattoo me with like not having done it before? And so I was like, I'm going to tattoo you first. I'm going to give you essentially a lesson while I tattoo you. And then he did one on me kind of in that same style. I did like a little domino with some tribal coming out of it on mm -hmm. him. And then he did this little mushroom with a sparkle for me. And it turned out great. It oh, was awesome. awesome. And he was like, that was it was so cool, like getting to see it. And um, yeah, now he does a lot of that type of stuff and um he has so much fun with it it's like so like detailed and and uh tiny and 
mm-hmm. cool and um he's going to be starting at tiger clue this week which is really awesome cool. so he um got done with his apprenticeship and got his license and worked at powell tattoos for the last year and then just got offered a job at tiger clue which is such a great environment for him it's with a lot of people that i know and that you know, have known him since he started his apprenticeship. And I'm so happy for him to like be in a spot that, you know, he's going to have a great time and really push himself. And it makes me feel good. Like I did a good job teaching him. Otherwise my friends wouldn't want to hire him. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, cool. That means that I I did good. Is that the latest tattoo you got? No, that actually, I got that. Let's see. Nick got his license in January of last year. So it was probably December of 2018. Oh, that okay. I got that mushroom. Okay. What was the latest tattoo you got? The last tattoo I got, so I got tattooed by my friend Ashley Love um, at Yellow Rose Tattoo in Salt Lake City okay. um, a couple weeks ago. And so this is kind of the funny thing about having tattoos. When you keep getting them, all of a sudden you can only fixate on the space you have left. Yeah. And so you start just looking at your skin and the empty spots. Like, of course, I notice all my tattoos. I love my tattoos. But when I look in the mirror, my eye goes to the empty spots and the shapes that that makes. And I saw, like, after a little while, I was like, it's really interesting that I have almost my whole entire body tattooed. But, like, you know, essentially, like, my chest between my chest piece and my stomach had nothing on it. And, like, my butt cheeks are bare. And so it kind of was looking like I was wearing a reverse bathing suit. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought it looked so silly. And not in a bad way, you know, it's it's still like, I do think tattoos have really helped me like feel super confident in my own skin. And I think that's really valuable. It's not necessarily taboo to tattoo breasts, but I think it's not very like socially trendy or like, I don't know. And and it, a lot of things are kind of trend driven and in our culture these days mm-hmm. and I was kind of thinking about it especially because I do a lot of like I, I buy a lot of old tattoo books and I really like looking at old tattoo photos of like you know kind of that era when women first started getting tattooed and a lot of them would only get tattoos in their bathing suit area so that they could cover themselves and not look like they had tattoos when they were just wearing normal clothes or even a bathing suit And then, you know, I also really like 70s, 80s, 90s tattoos, too, that are just like, some of them are so silly, some of them are so badass, some of them are just like, you know, like these funny, like, photo books from the 80s and 90s that I keep finding at Powell's. I just, like, love that they get all the used books, and so they constantly have new ones, and um, don't take my spot, everybody, (laughs) don't blow up my shit. (laughs) But I've already collected a bunch of them, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's so many amazing compilation books that were made in that time period. And I just love how like everything, it was like right when people first started doing custom tattoos and not doing flash. And so everything is wild. Not everything is like referenced. They didn't have stencil machines. A lot of it was drawn on. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so fun and free. And there were a lot of breast tattoos in that era. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a rebellious sort of thing for like women to get tattooed there it was it was kind of like where badass babes got their tattoos it was like before the lower back even Mm -hmm. and um and then it kind of fell out like it's not really i think for a little while it just like wasn't 
really a thing that women were doing anymore. And I didn't really know if that was something like you see like mastectomy scar cover ups and things like that, which look amazing. And I think that those are incredible and really help people with, you know, their body image issues like after breast cancer and um, a lot of tattooers will do that as a service to breast cancer survivors. And I think that's amazing. And then occasionally, like I'll see like kind of like the, I think they're kind of coming back in a little bit. Like I'll see like boobs with like flowers or spider webs or something. And I think it looks super badass, but I got something that was more asymmetrical. So I got like a peony and some butterflies that kind of move around and then we're going to add more later but we just kind of did like the center mm-hmm. and um surprisingly wasn't that bad yeah. and i've done a couple boob tattoos on some friends and i think they look amazing so i'm fully encouraging yeah. like any owners of boobs <laughs> out there that i would love to do more boob <laughs> tattoos because um, they're just so powerful and cool and i kind of think that we're ex- experiencing more body ownership now Mm -hmm. it's like not every woman feels like she has to like look like a person in maxim anymore and not every person feels like they have to conform to this hollywood ideal of beauty anymore and i think that's so awesome you know people shouldn't torture themselves to try to look a certain way because that's what society deems valuable and i think that we are as young people we are like taking ownerships of ourselves and our bodies and our genders and our appearances in a way that hasn't been seen on this scale and i just love seeing that and i know that tattoos are a huge part of it so i feel really lucky to like be in a line of work where like i get to talk to people about their journeys in in their sense of selves and this was kind of a big one for me because i don't really want to post any photos of it but i also I love it and I love how it turned out and Ashley's such a great tattooer and she made me feel so comfortable mm-hmm. and she's so efficient and fast and um, it's a really pleasant experience yeah. and I think I thought it was going to be a nightmare. It was just like, just because it's such like a spot where like you don't really want to feel too much like uncomfortable pain especially associated with tattoos in that area. Like it was just a place I'd always stayed away from and um, getting tattooed there, I was like, oh, it's really no different than everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really just the solar plexus that hurts. <laughs> everywhere right. else is not so terrible. Not My clients that I have done breast tattoos on have kind of said the same thing. Mm-hmm. That, like, there are some spots that are spicy. Yeah. But overall, it's not, not so bad. Not and, like, yeah, they really inspired me to, like go for it so cool so that was your latest tattoo that you got. yeah that one's only two weeks old it's wow. still like still kind of still healing ish on that on the tail end it healed very fast yeah. um but it's just in that kind of stage where like still kind of flaking a little bit it's not uncomfortable though at yeah. all it healed so quick and easy and awesome. it was definitely like is this the smart thing is this the smartest place to get tattooed the day before a tattoo convention <laughs> but it made it work and it was yeah. fine and Tagaderm helped a lot with that, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, bandaged it, like, normal the first day, and then I just put a sheet of Tagaderm over the whole thing. And just, You're good. Set. Yeah, and I didn't have to worry about it, so. Well, I end the show with the same question with all my friends, and it's, the question is, you're a professional boxer, and you get to pick your entrance song, the song that you come out to right before you go to your big title match. What is the song right before you walk out to the ring? Oh man, it's a really great question. I kind of think that it mine would be Xanadu. 
um, from the movie Xanadu, sung by Olivia Newton-John and ELO. And <laughs> it's just such an incredible, like, feel-good, magical disco song. And it's so silly. And I just, it's one of my, one of my favorite karaoke songs. I don't think I've done it in a little while. But um <laughs> It's just so great because not everybody knows it. And so when you do it yeah. and then the couple people in the room that know it start like getting excited, you're like, I'm just doing this for you. Yeah. Only for you. Xanadu. Okay. Yeah. That will be the outro. Nice. The <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Olivia, cool. for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you.